0: I went to a dark place, Bruce, to avenge Beth, Alice, my mom. But in saving my sister, I became more like her. And in taking out a killer, I became one myself. I'm Chris Spivey. And I'm Eddie Webb. And today on Journalist, we're here to talk about Batwoman, season one, because season two is different than season one. Hello, everyone. We're still deep into the Arrowverse, uh, all season one Arrowverse because Eddie originally was like we could do all the different seasons at once. And I helped us come up with this arbitrary rule that I am now regretting that yes. we only cover season one. Yep. So then we can come back to it later if we want to do more Arrowverse superheroes. This is all this is all Chris Barby's fault. Most things in life are. You can ask anyone on the Internet. Um, <laughs> So where to start with Batwoman? Um, oh. hmm. Should we start with the, the controversy that happened behind the scene for season one? Should we actually talk about Batwoman, the character? like, Or should we talk about uh, Kathy Kane from the 1950s, or Kate Kane, who is the protagonist of the Batwoman show that came around in 2006?
1: Uh, let's let's get the, the the controversial stuff out of the way, so that way people can decide if they want to keep listening to this or not. Because there's um, there's a lot going on in season one here behind the scenes that we should probably kind of dig into.
0: So, so if anyone's curious, originally they cast Ruby Rose to be Batwoman in the one of the, the Crisis show, and then it sort of spun off into its entire own series. Hence, we have Batwoman, yep. right and Ruby Rose did it for one season and then they replaced Ruby Rose with uh, another actress. I want to say Javelle Leslie. I'm sorry if I'm
1: mispronouncing her name. That sounds and right. she
0: was the lead of the show for a couple seasons before I think it finally got canceled.
1: Right. Uh, and uh, the reason why she was fired from the show, we, we do know now that she was fired, um, is, is controversial to say the least. And it comes down to two sides. On um, the one side, uh, Ruby Rose, as far as we could tell, absolutely was severely injured during a stunt on Batwoman. And for a while, that was the excuse given was that she could not she was not to use the wrestling term, medically cleared to continue uh serving as, as Batwoman on the TV show. Uh but people a lot of people pointed out that other leads have found ways around that. Um and uh you don't get fired for having me, for, for being injured, right? That's that. That's just not okay. And there are lots of uh, frustrations with that. And Ruby Rose even pointed out, like, you can't really fire me for medical reasons. Um, certain production people have since come forward and said that Ruby Rose was kind of a nightmare to work with. Uh, that she was extremely uh, problematic. Uh, her attitude was 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 really rough on sets. Uh, she treated people very badly. Uh, and it's hard to. There's, there's a lot of people who are like. Well, who's right? And I'm of the opinion that both things can be true. Um, it, you know, yes, she could have been uh, injured. Yes, that may have been the incentive to fire her. Yes, there may have been other reasons behind that. Uh, yes, you can be a horrible person and still not want to be horribly injured for doing your job. Uh, there's. I, I think there's no real kind of right answer to all of this. Uh, but it does certainly put a, a pallor, if you know all this stuff, when watching uh, this season. Uh-huh. Uh, because to be to be really honest, I was a huge fan of Ruby Rose, and I was excited uh, when I heard, oh, she's going to be lead on a TV show. You know, I really love her as an actress. It's it's going to be a show that that centers on her queerness and a superhero show with a with a you know a queer lead. I was really excited about all of these things, uh, and so it's disappointing that on the one hand there's a lot of background stuff that puts it Paint on it and on the other hand that it's let's charitably say it's a really rough season
0: and i was excited about the concept of the batwoman show because i've read a few of the batwoman comics and to have a lesbian jewish member of the bat family who is a former military person that had to endure like the ass don't tell entire yeah. policy that was beyond horrible and everyone should be allowed in the military if you want to go and serve you should go and do it Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of people that don't want to do it. it, it, it we're not all right. I'll stop before I get into the Chris's military <laughs> corner that I can talk about for this whole entire period. But the only thing I knew Ruby Rose from was dark matter because wow. she was a sex bot for number one that showed up. That's for right. An episode. That's that's right. all I, knew I remember.
1: I remember we talked about that when we recovered uh dark matter because I was like, oh, it's Ruby Rose. <clears throat>
0: So I was open to see what she could do. I was disappointed, though, that Batwoman didn't have any sort of Jewish. The actress herself wasn't Jewish because mm-hmm. representation, even in all aspects of your you're going to pull that character is important. Having mm-hmm. seen a lot of different shows where they would take a marginalized person and totally replace him with a cis white person. I look at the entire inclusiveness of the character and it's not all there. So that already had me a little bit on the back foot. Because okay. my family is a very Jewish family. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that we look for. Even watching the Marvelous Miss Maisel, um, Jill, my wife, has problems whenever we watch it because the actress is definitely not Jewish and she it inherently bothers her. I see that. As far as the controversy, there's so many different sides and it came out in such a weird way that much like you, both sides could be right and both sides could be wrong all at the same time but mm-hmm. there's no way to know for certain who's what. I think one of the most recent things I saw is Ruby Rose saying that she was allergic to latex that's in the bat suit.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. Um uh but but I think to your to your larger point um while we've painted ourselves in a bit of a corner uh in terms of how we structure the season, um I think it's fair to say that unlike a lot of, uh, we talked about a little bit in Legends of Tomorrow, but certainly it's much truer here. Batwoman season two is not very different, but, but strongly takes a different direction after this. The recasting comes with it uh, a kind of almost a, re- a mild soft reboot of the show. A lot of characters stay and whatnot, but there's certainly a, a tonal shift that happens here. So this is a, a pretty uh, distinctive thing. And also uh, of its time. I mean, like it, it's, of its time sounds weird it's only a few years ago but i mean we're still looking on the cusp of the nolan films being the last major batman films that are in recent memory when this comes out and so we're taking a strong pull from that but then by the time season two comes out uh the batman is on the horizon and also uh, a couple of the uh batman adjacent films like certain maybe v- Batman v Superman have come out. And so we we have a different language for what Batman cinematography looks like. Uh, so it doesn't have to be so heavily Nolan inspired. But this first season is, is very much the Batwoman returns.
0: I will take a controversial stand here on the podcast and say that I liked most of Batfleck. I said it.
1: I yeah. put it out there. Yeah. I also liked the Batman, honestly.
0: I, I still have not seen the Batman.
1: It is It is not bad.
0: <laughs> that is a re-endorsement on live, pre-recorded air. So you've got it here. That's our tagline that's going to come out anywhere the Batman. It's not bad.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's kind of <laughs> the summary of most of these episodes. We can probably do every episode just like, Jay, we talk about Batwoman. Eh, it's not bad. Credits. All right. So we've discussed that.
0: We wanted to do that part up front. But what I would really like to talk about is a little bit of the history of Batwoman and how it actually is incredibly relevant to the silver age of DC Comics. Okay. Because originally, uh, one of the reasons Batwoman was created, I want to say in 1956 or 57, was to counteract the crackpot. Philip Wortham's book, the seduction of innocence, where he said that comics lead to deviant thoughts and an array of other things. Cause if you haven't read the seduction of innocence, it is a pile of trash that someone used to get a political stance to get themselves of importance. And it drastically changed the entire comic book landscape and DC comics then moved away from having their heroes do fistfights and things. They, the comic, the book implied that Batman and Robin had sub-tags that turned its readers gay. And that's when DC Comics said, whoop, all right, uh, no more fist fights. We got to get our superheroes in space. We're going to introduce Batwoman, Batgirl, like Aunt Martha. Yep. Everyone to come out to sort of kind of take away from that. And that's when we get Batman's zany
1: adventures happening. Right. And, and I mean, honestly, we could probably do an entire episode on just pre and post Seduction of the Innocent comics because you're right, that book radically shaped how we think about superheroes and its, it's, it's influence has been felt to this day. And none of that is positive. It's super clear. None of that is positive influence. Um, but if it were not for that book, we would not have like 63 um, Adam West Batman, for example. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it, we, some good things came out of it, but you're right. The book, wow, it is massively influential in comic book history. Is itself a pile of bigoted, hateful garbage.
0: Mm-hmm. And even for anyone that's questioning that, which if you're questioning that, you're probably not listening to our podcast. But <laughs> if you are, I ask you to go and investigate the research methods that he used to publish the book. Like for one, I, as a researcher, am offend my research the logical brain part of me that is research is offended by the research methods that he took to propagate his bunch of bullshit it is all he wrong. had some
1: he had research
0: <laughs> he at well at the time there was a I think there was like a wing in a hospital dedicated to young men that were considered then to be mentally afflicted because they were LGBTq like LGBTQI and so that's where he went to do his research. Uh, and so you went to that environment to then say that this causes this equation. Right. So, like,
1: the, but, uh, the normal but that's, Chris who's... I was saying, it's the same logic as why people in the 60s and 70s were concerned about Doctor Who because a lot of gay men were, uh, found they really enjoyed Doctor Who and therefore, obviously, Doctor Who was making them gay, not the reverse. Yeah. That, that the gay men found, they could see themselves inside of the show.
0: So that is the initial reason for the creation of Kathy Kane, Batwoman, and I want to say her niece who was Batgirl. So she was a counterpart to Batman, so they'd be in a relationship, and Batgirl was a counterpart to Robin, so they'd be in a relationship. And this also forgets the fact that Catwoman was introduced in the same issue that Batman was. So, what's well, good? Research logic. Didn't, it, didn't actually know that, actually. Yeah, I want to say they both came out Detective Comics 1. I even think the Joker... A version of the Joker came out within two or three issues, if not the first one. So
1: I do like, think Joker came out very quickly, but I didn't realize Batwoman was even pre—I didn't realize Batwoman predeceased came out before Joker. I think Catwoman, not Batwoman. Oh, Catwoman! I if Batwoman came out, I was like, oh. So, like, all ah, those Karen initial lost. elements hey. of
0: of Batman <laughs> were already there, like yes, yes. just almost from the jump. Uh, should we talk about? We could go into the whole Bob Kane and. Uh, Never mind. That's, 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 a, that's a Batman <laughs> podcast. We're not here for the Batman podcast. Um, and so the character originally stayed around for almost a decade until I forgot the name of the writer. Another writer came in and got rid of the Bat family and everything else and introduced Barbara Gordon, who became right. Batgirl. And that's who we get in the Batman television show later on and who is an amazing character, hands down. Probably mm-hmm. the best Bat character. I agree. Barbara Gordon's great. And... I guess I'll jump us up a little bit. So we go to... Kate Kane showed up in 2006, I want to say in 52. It's sort of a background character. She briefly dated uh, Maggie Sawyer. And a lot of her history in the show is similar to her original history in the comics. Where she was in the military for a while, but then they kicked her out because of uh, As Don't Tell. She kind of traveled the world a little bit. She her dad and her had money so they had cre- created their own bat suit all their own technology so it's not from batman she just became batwoman and then right. sort of encountered batman right so she's a, a self-made hero mm-hmm. and much like i say even for batman i use a, the hero word very loosely
1: if i remember correctly I, I not read a ton of batwoman comics but also i do feel like if I remember right, the comic is much like the show in the sense that her relationship with Bruce is kind of vague and strained um, in the sense that she felt like he wasn't doing enough. uh, And that's one of the reasons why Batwoman kind of of came around. Uh, But then eventually she does get wrapped up into the larger Bat family, if you will. Yeah. So I'm not, like I said, I've read a few issues of it, but I am
0: not as familiar with Batwoman as I am other characters, (laughs) but her... Superpowers, and I use the term superpowers very loosely, much like Batman has no superpowers. Um, she's a great combatant, she has some detective skills, she has great tech that was built that she uses. And if you've read in the comics or listened to any of her stories, she seems to be incredibly resilient as she keeps getting captured by like dark side cults to be sacrificed for some reason. <laughs> and one one of the comics, they stab her in the heart. And she pulls out the knife to kill the person. So things like this, I, she has no superpowers, uh, but she's on that cusp, <laughs>
1: right? Right. And that is pretty much Batwoman. Fair enough. Digression. Um, but we talked to Bat Family a bit. Uh, if you are one of those people who enjoy uh, what they now call vertical vertically scrolling comics, webtoons, uh, particularly, uh, webtoons has a licensed DC comic called Bat Family Adventures. Uh, which is just the various Bat family characters doing hilarious home stuff. Uh, and and Batwoman is kind of exasperated wine mom in that dynamic, which is amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so um, I mentioned the podcast before. Uh, Geek History Lessons is a, po- is a podcast I listen to. And <clears throat> they had an episode about Batwoman that I, I listened to somewhat before we did this. You know, my research for the show right. right there. I'm out walking the dog and I listen to a podcast. Um, one of the things they pointed out that I didn't know that I thought was really interesting is that the you, out her costume was actually originally commissioned by Alex Ross to be one for Barbara Gordon. Oh, they were going to make Barbara Gordon Batwoman. When was it Cassie Kane was Batgirl? OK. Oh, right, right. And, like yeah. this is in like. Early on, and they didn't do it because they didn't want to remove Oracle as a, a one of the few characters that was in a wheelchair and being amazing and awesome. So they sort of mm-hmm. tried to keep that. And so that's why they didn't. That's why they gave
1: sort of Kate Kane the Batwoman role. Yes. Sorry uh, for for, uh, for the weird pause in that. Um, uh, for folks, I'm recording in a new space, and I hear occasional noises behind me because of hearing loss, and so I make sure that no one's like sneaking up on me. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I would be nice that. enough to say,
0: "It's oh my god, it's Jason!" <laughs> it's right behind you, you. At that point, it would probably be the axe in you, but you would have that initial fear
1: before Jason killed you. As long as I get stabbed in the chest, and I can pull it back out and stab stab them again. <laughs> well, we know how effective it is to stab Jason. <laughs>
0: And I'm specifically making Jason jokes right now for something that's going to happen later this episode.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Chris is planting seeds. That's always a bad sign.
0: Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to discuss about Batwoman, equivalent like
1: the Earth-1-ish version? Um, I don't think so. Uh, uh, She's one of the newer characters from a comic book perspective that we've recovered so far. So it's interesting that there's not much distance between her comic book origin and her TV debut, like 13 years. Uh, So it's interesting. In this case, there's not a lot to change. Whereas some of the other shows we talked previously has been a fair bit of change between these silver agey characters and their, their actual appearance. Hmm,
0: Very cool. All right, let's do this. Let's go. Season one, episode one pilot. Three years after Batman disappears, the mayor holds a gala to turn off the bat signal as Jacob, Jacob Kane, Kate's father, private security firm, the Crows, has ensured Gotham's safety during that time. At the height of the festivities, Alice and the Wonderland gang crash the event and abduct Crows operative, Sophie Moore, Kate's ex-girlfriend. Mary, Kate's stepsister, calls Kate, forcing her to return from overseas. And she discovers that Alice is targeting Jacob. And Kate uncovers that her favorite cousin, billionaire Bruce Wayne, is in fact Batman. And she blamed Batman for failing to save her sister and mother who she believed had died in a car crash. With the aid of Lucas Fox, Batman's brilliant sidekick and Wayne Tech employee, the only one in the building in the first episode that looks really weird, (laughs) realizes there is there's more to the story. She dons an altered bat suit. Then Batwoman rescues Sophie and foils Alice's plan to detonate a bomb in a crowded park. The next day, as the news reports on what they believe is Batman's return, Kate begins to suspect that Alice is her fraternal twin sister, Beth, whom she believed was dead. Dun, dun, dun.
1: (laughs) It's funny when you actually read it out like that, it comes across as way more soap opera than the show actually is, which is almost a shame because if the show had been a little more soap opera, maybe it would have been a little more interesting. Um,
0: I would go so far as to say that it is that soap opera, but the people on screen don't have the ability or weren't allowed the grace to be able to make it as soap opera as it should have been.
1: That's more what I'm saying is, is the show's almost kind of embarrassed of of the soap opera side of it. It's like, okay, I guess we have to do this soap opera stuff because it's CW, but we really want to make a Batman show. And it's like, Batman is a soap opera too. You know I mean? It, it, it can be both. And it just kind of, you're right. It, it, it Feels a bit – flat is not the right word. Um, maybe flat is the right word because, because – um, let, let me digress slightly. Off the bat, I got very frustrated because this did the exact same thing I bitched about in the superhero, or Supergirl episode, which is the let's take an iconic character, take them off the board, and then try to talk around them as much as possible. Uh, so it's like, Bruce Wayne's gone for three years. Why? Who cares? But that's all Bruce's stuff. And we're going to go to his mansion and we're going to talk about uh, the Bat and and the Dark <clears> Knight. <throat> and like never just say the word Batman. Uh, they got over that faster than Supergirl did to their credit. But um, it was still like, why are we here again? Why are we, why are we doing a Batman show without Batman in it? Um, but then... That's what Arrow is. Well, yes, but at least Arrow, like, okay, we know this, so we're going to try to do as much as we can with that. Whereas this one, it, it's, again, it's like, it, it's, it's not, it's embarrassed to be a Batwoman show. It's embarrassed to be a soap opera. It's not, it's trying to be a Batman show without Batman in it. Um, but with Arrow, at least, they're like, okay, we're just going to lean as hard into this as we can. Right? Like, if we're going to go dark, let's go <coughs> melodramatic dark. You know, it, it's, it's, it's swing for the bleachers on this. And this show just feels kind of tepid,
0: I think. It's, to, to quote the genius it is, point, point blank, it has no heart, it has no soul, it has no enema. Enema. <laughs> it's, it's because they're, at least some of the cast, are not in it. Like for Arrow, as many quibbles as I have with Arrow, at no point in time do I doubt that Stephen Amell wants to be there. He oh, yeah, wants no. this to work. He's bringing everything. And I, I, if you remember right, did not think he was the best actor at the start. I think even mentioned that no. in season one. But he was there to do it. And that's what mattered more than anything else. And that does not feel like it's here. Like none of these yeah. people feel like we're here to make this thing happen. Right. It's more like we're getting paid an okay paycheck, and we
1: get to be on TV. And, and I think the best the the the, the point where I realized this is gonna be uh a challenging ride is. The few scenes we have with Sophie and Kate. They're supposed to be the estranged girlfriends. And on the one hand, props to the writers for, for digging into Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and all the problems and the trauma that that policy caused, and to try to dig into um, the two sides of uh, Sophic relationships of, of the women who embrace their identity as lesbians or bisexuals. And the women who try to kind of supplement that part of themselves. Um, I mean, th- th- there's a lot of on the page interesting stuff happening here, but there is zero chemistry between these actors. Uh, they 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 look like they did, when they're like you know when these characters are broken up and you know for like the good chunk of the episode I was like okay they're just broke up you work out well and then Kate's like no actually I secretly still love her and I'm like do you though do you really? <laughs>
0: and it's it's not even the relationship it's even it's all the relationships i mm. i really i wanted to love this show like yeah, i was rooting too. for it i came in i was like this is could be great cuz i watched the episode with ruby rose in the crisis show and i was like ruby rose looks great as batwoman yeah and so i wanted to see what they could do with that and even Even just starting with the... All right. The the most positive thing I'm going to say probably right now for this first episode is Alice. I was excited to see the Alice character because do you remember Birds of Prey, the TV series, my friend? Bits and pieces. Was she in that? She was like the young actress that came into that show that I think was going to be Black Canary. No, sorry. She She was like the young underling they took in to be trained under Helena and Barbara. Oh, okay. And so I, I love seeing that like touchstone that goes back to there. Yeah. And she brought her wacky to like the role of Alice, which is not at all related to the Mad Hatter, which is another conversation I would right. and, like to have. And,
1: and, and like, honestly, when I saw Alice, I, I kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, okay, here's the, the, the Joker analog, right? Um, we have to have the, uh, the wacky, Scatty character to balance out the the grim law enforcer that is you know Batman or Batwoman or Batcop or whatever you want to call it. Um, but she, like you said before about Stephen Amell, she seemed like the only person who really wanted to be on that show. Because she was mm-hmm. like, cool, I'm going to do a Lewis Carroll ripoff. I'm going to do the best damn Lewis Carroll ripoff I can possibly do. And she does. She really <laughs> goes for it. And you have to go for it when you're playing a role like that. You've got to really just own that part and she does um the other actor who surprised me about how much i really enjoyed um was kate's stepsister because like you know mary. she was yeah mary mary's kind of like you know okay she's a spoiled brat character but she again had a lot of heart and uh just joie de vivre she brought to that part and i'm like this is this is really exciting so like it, it's frustrating when i came in going i really wanted to root for the lead and I'm finding myself and gravitating to the, the main villain, which is not bad, but also a, a support character and going, I want to see more of them it's like, that that's not a good place for your Batman show because I'm going to take another controversial stance. Uh, I feel like Batman media is best when Batman has supporting cast because Batman by himself is a boring character.
0: No, it's not at all controversial. It's well, not on this podcast. Because <laughs> even if anyone tells you that Batman is is like the lone dark knight, Batman does this alone, Batman has never done it alone. No almost. He's had Alfred Robin showed up super quick. Yep. He's had always had a cast of characters that has been there to support him that other people can engage with. It's sort of how we had that discussion way back when we even referenced Angel, how Angel doesn't work because he's in the vein of Batman. And okay. that is great for an episode. Maybe an issue or two, mm. but then you need someone who levitates, le- elevates that in a humorous way. So then you can get back to the dark and gritty It's all about tones and shifting.
1: Right. Um, I, I admit Part of that my, that my bias on this is that uh, my favorite Bruce Wayne is the Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. Uh, when Bruce Wayne is relegated to a support role for other characters who have mm. much more energy, he is fantastic because he's a perfect balance for uh, Nigel McGuinness um and that because then it's it's a very clear these are two characters working together and it and Nigel McGinnis has never portrayed himself as a character who needs to be alone Nigel McGuinness is a family person um so Bruce works best when at least has Robin and Alfred but ideally even a few more characters beyond that um and so to get a any Batman adjacent show, right? Your support cast needs to be on points and arrow. I felt got that and had a really strong support cast, but again, it helps that Stephen Amell was, was willing to swing for the bleachers on it. This one, it's, it, it's obviously mediocre. Um, and also it doesn't make sense. Like what happened to the police department in Gotham? Are they just gone? And replaced by this military organization. I mean, we
0: know for certain. In a future episode, we're going to talk about today that the police are, in fact, in Gotham.
1: I mean, that may be objectively true, but narratively, it seems like Crow Security is basically a private police force.
0: Well, are you saying there's something wrong with having a privatized police, having a privatized security force that acts as police that no one can control in your town? Are you saying there's something wrong with that?
1: I don't know what could possibly go wrong. What could possibly and they shoot go wrong? Randomly privatizing your law enforcement and incentivizing uh, uh, the rich and powerful to have complete control over what is and is not legal in your town. Yeah, that 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 sounds like there's
0: nothing could possibly happen at all. And granted, I didn't watch
1: this whole season, but it sure seems like this show is not at all interested in confronting that really, really obvious problem.
0: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it up. So we so on the show, we're, we're trying very hard, since the Gin Lack episode, to not bash shows. We like to sort of point out some potential issues and things that we could be talk, discuss, and maybe you're trying to find a way to elevate it. So I'm going to start now saying that I did not enjoy the three episodes of the show that we watched for various reasons, which I'll touch on in each one.
1: Right. But um, I want
0: to try to provide context about how I think they can improve it by the end of the episode.
1: No. And I mean, it's, it's a fair point. I mean, you know, there are plenty, plenty of places on your internet where you go where like, this thing sucks and we hate it. That, that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to say we love this stuff. We wished it was better. And we're trying to talk about some of the things, but, but but also some of it's just so ludicrous that like you have to like really, no one thought this is a problem. Um, but do you want to uh, talk about Kate climbing up the side of the of the Wayne Tower? Yeah, there's there's, or like how she just like how bad is security in Wayne Manor? Right, like where she just kind of goes, oh yeah, sorry, um, I had some keys that Bruce left me three years ago, and I'm just gonna wander in his office and find the Batcave. <laughs>
0: It's, it, he, Bruce would never change his password. It's always Alfred.
1: <laughs> and the funny part is, it's like, I'm not making fun of the show for this. I'm making fun of Bruce Wayne, to be perfectly clear. Because, like, I absolutely believe Bruce Wayne is a character who is this guy who spends millions of dollars to keep his secret secure and then just does not update his password for 10 years. I, I completely believe that about Bruce Wayne.
0: <laughs> it's, it's not even that it was, like, uh, Alfred underscore one. It was literally just no. Alfred.
1: <laughs> Ah, oh, oh, Bruce, you're so you're so. All bad. right,
0: we're, we're, we're bouncing all around, all around the episode. Let's. I want to I want to focus this in. Mm. All right, so we do have Kate going on the tour of the world, training overseas, with all these other cool things. Much how Bruce did, which was in a way a nice parallel to the movies that they were already referencing, because you knew, remember saying, Wow, well, I forgot his name now uh yeah totally forgot his name the guy that played batman in the nolan movies going right. around the world the first batman begins so you mm-hmm. get that little contacts and that's a nice little snippet to parallel so you can see how they're different we get how they're the same so that's a, a, a nice yeah. touch right. that was not overly done so didn't beat you over the head
1: no and uh much like we talked about with Legends of Tomorrow, we are in late Arrowverse now. Uh, and so it's got to get its audience up to speed who may not necessarily have watched previous shows. And And this really shows recognizing, okay, maybe we should make a nod towards people who haven't watched these shows. And so it's, a, it's an offhand reference to uh, a, a weird multiverse thing. Um, but otherwise, they just spend the first five minutes just... Info dumping, here's what happens, whatnot. And it's not elegant, but it is efficient and it gets the job done and gets you to where you need to be, which is what the show needed to do. So from a structure standpoint, this show started off really strong. It's like, okay, you know what? We got a lot to get through, so just sit you down. We're gonna walk you through it. Now here's that one. Cool, great, all right, thank you for getting me there.
0: And when she, when Kate finally comes back to Gotham, we get a nice quick sort of interaction with her family. So we've established how troubled that is already and how she just wants to be part of that, that private army that is controlling, I'm sorry, that is protecting Gotham.
1: <laughs> so bad. Uh,
0: yes, Crow security. That her father doesn't want her to be there, and, she, and you, don't, you get the feeling, you don't really know why he doesn't want her to be there, he just doesn't want her to be part of it. No. Not even because he thinks she's just grew
1: up. I do at least like how everyone who lives in Gotham intentionally or not is just committed to this gothic gimmick so it's like of course the family lives here is the last name crow of course they are because they live in gotham their their last name was probably like goldstein at one point in time no it has to be crow we have to change it to 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 fit in with the aesthetic of what we're going for here
0: (laughs) (sighs) oh And we get just a, a quick recap. We've already touched on her relationship with Sophie that we get a flashback of. So mm-hmm. that was something that we get to see and we get to see how both of them interact, and engage with that situation and how that, uh, as you've already said, sort of impacted both of them. They split in their own directions. Mm-hmm. And we get the breaking in of Wayne Industries. Right. I am bothered by this on every level. <laughs> uh, the climbing up the side of the building like sure. the password we've already talked about how quick she sort of just deals with Luke just offhand as if he's a comic sidekick right because spoiler
1: he's a comic sidekick <laughs> which
0: I am of course offended by like the the one real black guy that you have in your show is your comic sidekick that's a butt of your jokes yep. similar kind of to how the flash in the 90s was like his, his yep. POC marginalized sidekick was the comic relief also.
1: Yep. A lot of similarities. And I mean, again, it's, I was kind of come, come with comics, a slightly different angle. I think than a lot of other fans in the sense that I know there's a ludicrous side to these things. So I completely believe that the world's greatest detective is so up his own ass that he wouldn't think these extremely basic ways of breaking in would, would work. But I also recognize that I'm kind of doing a lot of the show's job for it, because there's really no way this should be happening the way it's happening. The the one thing I will give it though that
0: was a nice touch that goes back to them having been like close is that she recognizes the statue has moved. If you're just breaking in, you wouldn't have recognized the statue had moved. Sure, that is a nice touch of their relationship. So while there is a lot of things that could be fixed. There are a very few nice subtle touches. I wish that the writing team had reinforced most of the script with.
1: Right, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Kate is shown to be competent and strong in her own way, but it's not different enough from Batman to make it really stand out. It's all within the context of Bruce Wayne. Something we didn't talk about much in Supergirl, but this has helped me to kind of crystallize my thought. I did feel like Kara started to go her own direction pretty early on in that show. And while she has the same suite of powers, and they keep bringing up you know the big guy and all that stuff as we keep talking about, um, she does intentionally say, no, I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to be my own hero. And that's actually a point of the show. Whereas it feels like Batwoman, Kate even as a character, continually goes back to Bruce Wayne well and the show never really breaks it because they really need to tell people this is actually secretly a batman show uh and so it's it, it's almost frustrating because like i feel like kate could be a really compelling character but just when she starts to go in a strong direction she gets sublimated by the batman mythos which is frustrating because clearly her character arc is as a as a lesbian is i'm gonna live my life my own way i'm gonna live my, my life out loud because like at least with Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne tries to be different for Batman. Kate is identical to Batwoman. There's like no difference between them, <laughs> and I almost kind of appreciate that because she's like, no, I just don't care. I'm putting on the suit because that's what you do. But really, I just want to live my life my own way. And so it's like that's a really strong character angle, but it's just not backed up by the rest of the show.
0: And we have her doing that, and she goes down. She discovers the bat suit. So even as she's going down, there's that moment where he says, you're not supposed to do that. And she sort of says, I have this problem with rules. And as soon as I saw that
1: mm-hmm. now,
0: I even think when I first saw it, it made me think. I think it was Jin Erso who says, I rebel from the uh, the Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, God, why it's it's. Because that would have been like the time for a a really great like witty pun that would like help solidify Kate who we've already got as a rebellious character. You don't need to say that. You just like do a a one-liner like a quip or something that then cements her character and it vastly makes her different from Bruce because
1: Bruce don't quip on Batman. Well, that's great. Thanks, Bruce. That's actually a really good point. Uh, Again, going back to maybe slightly different readings of Batman. Um, Batman works best. Batman is a funny character but his humor is by being relentlessly straight man to everybody else around him, right? That's his humor. Kevin Conroy is a funny man. Adam West is a funny man. And you have to be funny to recognize that this unfunny character is in fact hilarious. Kate does not realize that she's funny. Um, And and frankly, I don't think Ruby Rose has the comedic chops. I think she's taking this extremely seriously and that's actually the wrong tactic to take with this. You should be a a little too straight. Um, for doctor reference, it's like the Brigadier. The Brigadier is a f- hilarious character. <laughs> Nicholas Courtney is a hilarious man, but the Brigadier himself is not funny. He, but you have to have the right comedic timing to put yourself in those situations to give somebody else a quip or to make a quip that sounds like a perfectly normal sentence where you don't even realize that it's a joke that you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you're right. I think Kate could have really cemented her personality one way or the other in that moment, and it just became kind of a. Meh.
0: And there are little things like that that I think the show could have done that would have let them have to deal with the back. And I will say baggage that is the Batman mythology, because the show yeah. does have that baggage, has a lot to live up to. But it lets you say, this is what we're doing. You see that. But this is our character. Like how cool our character is, even with all of this crap. And it drops the ball on that so many times.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this goes back to the whole bat signal ceremony thing. Which again raises questions it shouldn't be raising, because like, you know it's the Batman's gone for three years, and we're going to celebrate this recognition of accepting that he is gone. That's all cool. They symbolize this by saying we're going to turn off the bat signal. I'm like, so it's been running for three years. He never showed up. You think you would gotten it? You've been ghosted, my friends. I usually wait at least a, a week or two before I just kind of assume I've been ghosted and moved on. I don't wait three years. <laughs> Well,
0: right, now that you say that, let's let's take a minute. So how long do you think he had to have been Batman to have been so accepted by the city that after a breakup, it takes him three years to get to try to move past? How long was Bruce Wayne fucking Batman? So how old is Bruce Wayne really? And how old is Ruby Rose really going to be right now? Because you, you don't Batman for a year and get that kind of love and dedication. No, no, this is easily like 10 years into that career. So then that brings up how old are the characters really, which is a whole other thing I hadn't even thought about To you like pointed it out explicitly now. Yeah, but yeah. Now I have a time issue with the show too that I didn't have before we started.
1: Right. It, right. It's, 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 uh, again, this goes back to, we talk about error, we talk about Legends of Tomorrow. If you, if you have a, a bonkers premise and you just accept it and lean hard into it, people won't ask questions because they're so caught up in the other parts. But when there's nothing else there... All the audience can do is start to ask questions. And then when if you have a presence like this, it starts to get bad. Like, I know you made fun of it, but Batman Returns, you don't you're, – you're spending so much time going, what the hell is going on that you don't think about the actual plot problems in that movie until long, long later, right? Because you're just like, wait, but what – why is the penguin sexually assaulting that woman? I don't understand. Um, and you're not thinking about the – actually, how does this plan actually work? So much, much later. But this show, because it's it's just kind of flat, it, it, and especially as pilot, it's like okay. I um, raise you.
0: Yep. I raise you that an army of penguins with firing rockets would have made this show a lot better.
1: I I completely agree. You, you're not I, I, you're not selling me on this concept. I think that'll be great. I think that this had a, a, just a dose of energy or life. Um, and again, it's it, it's not saying that anyone's bad in this, and that's. I'm not trying to say this is a bad show. It's just it could have been something else. And also, it's more frustrating because it's not like this is the beginning of the Arrowverse. This is late in the game. We've been through set, like at this point, fifteen, twenty seasons of superhero TV. They had a lot they could have learned from it to, to get this show a step above. And it looks like it it just didn't. But again, like if, if half the stuff we heard. Controversially, behind the scenes is true. It does make a certain amount of sense. It, if, if people were hard to work with, if they were in pain, you know, whatever, you can start to see why maybe the show wasn't up to the standards it could have been. But
0: I'm going to make an assumption, so that makes an asset of me and tangentially you, because you have to listen to me say it. Um, <laughs> that even if everything was true behind the scenes, that would not have been true for the pilot episode of the show.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. Like, that's fair. You can work together for you can be an asshole
0: for a month when we're starting to work together it's like well you're just kind of an asshole but it's not the same thing as you being an asshole six months later and like making my life hell we've got like that time period where that sort of goes over the top
1: I I, I will say I don't know what order his episodes were produced in um, some shows a, it's, if, if it's not a show that had to be sold um, the pilot is just kind of a over term, if pilot traditionally is episode used as you sell a show to people to get them to buy more episodes. But if if a show is purchased out of the gate, and I think this one was, the pilot is still what you call the first episode because that's just what you call the first episode. Uh, That does not necessarily mean the pilot is always first episode made because sometimes it's the okay, let's make it a, a, a mid season episode that it's not as much stakes, get people warmed up on that, and then go back to the pilot. But considering how fast this show was produced, I think right, it probably was produced serially. Um, and I think it was a case of like, they're probably making the second half of the season by the time the pilot was out. Uh, so you're probably right. Um, but I wanted to point out, there's an edge case here, but I think the edge case is not valid.
0: So I'm I'm actually going to jumpstart something that we don't normally do yet, but because it distracted me as, as you're speaking. One of the things I think that, if I remember right from my sketchy history of BAT batwoman is that in the comics when things they did to sort of deviate her from batman is they had her do more supernatural stuff like i think she fought vampires right. and other things in her storyline mm-hmm. and the show itself because i watched maybe the first six episodes of this when it came out before i decided to stop um is they have reference to a vampire but it's not really a vampire it's other person yeah i think what would have been a great idea for the show is if they leaned into the supernatural aspect because none of the other arrowverse shows really did supernatural they had Damien dark that sort of floated around and sort of
1: yeah, yeah.
0: magic stuff, but there wasn't like vampires or werewolves or like supernatural, supernatural. Right. They could, I think they should have leaned into that had Alice be sort of a background thing that sort of pops up as an overarching villain for the entire season, but the individual episodes and they could even take bits and pieces from the supernatural set to cut down on cost. And mm. then, that would have distinctively made Batwoman a different show with its own vibe, still pulling in all the Batman mythology.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, again, to go back to Arrow, Arrow solved this, much as we made fun of it at the time, it solved this by the island flashbacks. Right? It's the, let's compare and contrast Ollie five years ago to now. And that's and, and the first season, I, I feel like the island flashbacks actually were okay until it got near the end and it was just Ludicrous, we talked about in that review, but um, you're right. So, so it needed something else to kind of say, here's the half of the show that you expect from a batman Jason show, but then here's something new, else that's new. And I think what happens, writers said, okay, the queer content is going to be that thing, and that, that's just not enough. And, and it's not to say that that couldn't have been enough, but the way they presented it was not enough.
0: And, and we're gonna have to move on because we've been on this episode for a while this one but it's also the fact that it is an important aspect of the character but it's not what you should hang your entire show on it should be a part of who Kate is and that is thrown shown through the writing and the acting of the show and we never forget it and it's constantly reinforced by Kate being awesome as Batwoman and Kate being awesome in her own life and like that's how we get it we don't it's it's a delicate balance that is difficult to execute.
1: Right. I mean, cause I, hate, I don't hate to say it. I'm glad to say it. Uh, black lightning had the exact same challenge and did it a million times better. It's like, it, at no point did you forget that, uh, black lightning was centered on the black experience. It wasn't the entirety of his character though.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious what the makeup of the writer's room was for this yeah and we talked about black lightning's writers room mm. and how that definitely made the show feel like what it was going for and i don't know if this writers room had the same sort of composition to make this show what they wanted it to be even if it didn't hit that mark
1: right and uh, but i mean i, I do want to say we we've been really down on this show and i know we try not to do that um this show did get a, a glaad award for its representation of queerness and this is if not the first, one of the very earliest shows with a a, a queer lead uh, superhero show, um, and so from a representation standpoint, it's huge. But also, I think it's fair to say at this point, queer superhero media has not really found its feet yet. So it's it, it's it's the it's it's importance and a lot of. Queer people really gravitated to the show because they saw themselves in, it in a very real sense, and that's strong and important. And also it's strong and important as we talked about earlier, um, because it's a it's another big fuck you to suction the innocent, which is desperately continually be needed forever and ever and ever. Um so a lot of what we're talking about is not that it's this show's terrible, shouldn't watch it. It's just that within the context of other superhero shows going on at this time of the show, which is 2019 it could have and should have been better.
0: Yes. Because I don't think we've ever said it was a terrible, terrible show. It is a show that could and should have been better. Because regardless of anything, it was going to get an unbelievable level of scrutiny and hate just for being Batwoman. And so that alone means you have to I, As someone that's creating content as a black person, I know that anything I create has to be better than anything else if I had a white counterpart making it because I am going to get a level of hate constantly than what someone else would. And there'll be people constantly combing through looking for mistakes. And so there is no second chance. So you have to come out the gate as strong as possible with the greatest thing you can make. To solidify what you're doing right. because you're still going to get hate, but it makes it
1: easier to deal with that if it's there. Right. Yeah. Uh, and not, every, not everything can be Black Panther, but Black Panther really raised the bar of like, okay, if a marginalized person is in the lead, you have to punch above your weight. And Black Panther punched so far above its weight and did such an amazing job. But it's like, again, this is post that. So they should look. That's okay. We need to step up our game, and it just didn't feel like they didn't. It felt like they're good. Oh, it's bat, It's a Bat Woman. It'll it'll be fine.
0: The the one. All right. There are two other points I want to touch on before we move on to the next episode. <laughs> one, the fucking Bat Suit is invulnerable to everything <sighs> except Kryptonite. Except everything except Kryptonite. Everything. Everything. How. What's that made of? Why is the whole building made of it? Why doesn't pe- Why doesn't like Luke walk around with a suit made of that himself? Like just a business suit in a
1: face mask. Actually, the part that baffles me the most about that thing is why it's not called Wanium.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how, if it's that invulnerable, how does he even go and then reshape it to fit Kate instead of Bruce? Then he can't change it. It's it's can't. How are you going to cut it? How are you going to shape it? These are the questions in my brain. Like, how? Does he have a kryptonite knife that he sculpts it with? No, because we know there's only a little shard of kryptonite in a, p- in a puddle that we're going to come through shortly. In the Batcave. How <laughs> the fuck does he shape it if you can't hurt it or damage it or do anything to it? How does cape put it on? Did Bruce ever lo- Did Bruce ever gain weight? If Bruce gain weight and he can't fit in his suit?
1: What the fuck's going to happen then? How does the cape work? Because the cape's also made of it. So this
0: is my biggest problem with the whole show. I put all the drama aside, everything else. How the fuck did they make that suit? And if they have it, if they, does he have a bunch of those suits around? Does he have more of this material? Does he, is a Batmobile made out of it? Is there a Batmobile? These are the
1: things that a boring pilot gives me time to think about. Right, right. Um, Like I, I, I there was that moment of, Kate wrapping her uh, cape around her and the bullets bouncing off. It's a cool moment. But the problem is by this point, like you said, I've been kind of bored by the show. And so it's like, shouldn't the cape be deforming with the passage of the bullet, like, the, the energy of the bullet? Is it being completely dissipated? And the bullet just slides off of it. And if that's the case, then how is it flowing and develop? Because otherwise, you know, nothing should be moving it. Uh, and so it's just like, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, it's a cool moment. And I wouldn't have cared in any other circumstance, but I, I, I'm left with too much space to think.
0: So I think I figured it out. I think Batman jumped universes, went to Wakanda, stole a finite amount of vibranium, came back, and made his Batsuit. And so when it, the bullets hit the cape, it stores the energy, and we just needed Kate to jump into the air and slam her fist down to make like a shockwave.
1: I am shocked that you would say that a rich white man would steal something from black people and use it for his own purposes. Why not? That's what America does in most other countries. like yeah, how I set you up for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Like how I still I, I made the quip, but I did not break up my soapbox as I could and back it up with history. The and to end on that point, this show steals again from black people because one of the Kate does a voiceover. What do we need a voiceover? Um and her voiceover, if you listen, one of the points they possibly point out is that to some people it should be hope and other people fear. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like a quote from another show that we just talked about? It does sound familiar. ever heard that before, Chris. Hmm. <laughs> Even stealing lines from the Black Show for this. I'm... All right. Episode eight. Moving on. Eddie, <laughs> I don't know if we can release this show. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> And, and I say that purposely just for you, the audience, to laugh and realize we're still going to release it. But I, I am very frustrated. Season one, episode eight, a mad tea party. Alice has Jacob abducted while Mouse sequesters Sophie and Tyler. As her plans unfolds on Alice's orders, disguised Wonderland gang members replace the security deal assigned to protect Gotham's humanitarian ball, where Catherine, Kate's stepmom, is to be awarded. Alice rewrites, rewrites Catherine's speech, making her confess to numerous crimes before collapsing with a nosebleed. Alice tells a captured Catherine and Mary that they've been poisoned by a toxin developed by Catherine's company, and there's only enough antidote for one that she mixed into a tea to stick with her model of her character that she's portraying as Alice in Wonderland. Catherine <laughs> compels Mary to take it, expressing how proud she is before she dies. As Batwoman neutralizes the Wonderland gang, she nearly strangles Alice in anger upon learning of her actions. However, Mouse disguises Jacob, stuns Batwoman, allowing Alice and himself to escape. Jacob awakens to find himself framed for Catherine's death and arrested by Commissioner Forbes and the Gotham Police Department that suddenly materializes from nowhere. <laughs> Furious that Kate chose to believe in Alice, Mary is left devastated by her mother's death. Tired of doubting, Tyler asks Sophie to decide whether she loves him or Kate. As Kate visits Jacob, both agree Alice is beyond saving and must be stopped. Meanwhile, in Central City, Nash Wells discovers a wall of symbols before a blinding light pulls him inside.
1: I, it is frustrating to me that Nash Wells was the most excited I got about this entire episode. i'm like it's wells that's amazing all right this is for the tie-in um a lot of what we talked about reason i'm not too worried about this going along is a lot of we talked about before is kind of also appropriate this episode um the one thing i well it's a few things i want to add but the one that comes up in my head is that batman has always had a problem of ultimately supporting and reinforcing the rich that that's endemic to all of his comic books And this show just doubles down on that because like Alice is like, here's all the horrible things you've done and I'm going to have you reveal it to the world. And I'm going, okay, so I'm not understanding what the problem is here. Why why should I be hating Alice? Why why should I want her to be defeated? Because right now I'm 1000% behind Alice.
0: You mean to say that Batman and Batwoman, who are both wealthy billionaires, are less concerned about the poor people out of the street? Instead, they dress up in costumes that are invulnerable to all harm and go out and beat up on criminals rather than using their money to provide some sort of structure and infrastructure that raises up the rest of society and gives an equal playing field for all people to be better and prosper together society. But it's not yet as thrilling as risking your life and limb by punching someone
1: in in the face. It is usually
0: an underprivileged or impoverished person.
1: I mean, yes, all of that, Uh, but – and I mean there's a lot of memes to to that point too of like why doesn't Batman just invest all of his money into uh, public work programs, blah, 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 and and that's all true. But even more fundamental than that, if you go back to the the original Golden Age Batman comics, a lot of his crimes were fellow rich person got their jewels stolen Mm -hmm. or fellow rich person is – Worried about losing face. And Batman needs to solve the crime. To make sure that they can save face. This is not even on a systemic level. This is on an endemic level. Um, and occasionally Batman writers do try to address that. Uh, Batman Incorporated actually was a decent attempt at that. I felt. Uh, but it was also by Grant Morrison. So it's also really weird. Because it's Grant Morrison. They're really weird. Uh, but um, it, it was it was just it's a kind of a shock. Because I was like okay. So Catherine's the bad guy, right? And then the show just kept going, no, no, we should feel sad for her. And I'm like, but I don't. She's a bad guy. And, and I think the show is trying to say there are no good people because it's Gotham. And it's like, but Alice is explicitly being presented as, if, if Alice was slightly different, if there was a slight tweak to her plan, she would be the hero.
0: I would say that the show knows that Catherine is a bad person and that's why it's okay to kill her. But the show wants us to feel for Mary who is impacted by her mother's death. And that is our actual hero because she's out helping the people that need help and bad people just randomly helping everybody. So that is who we're supposed to care about. And that captain's death impacting her and Kate tangentially is impacted by Mary.
1: Right. But I I think the point is, is, is that this is the core problem I'm seeing of the show, is that the dramatic tension is, is, is off. All of the characters in the show are trying to say Alice is a horrible person and Kate is therefore a bad person for supporting her sister. Kate, at the end of this, comes to recognize, okay, yes, Alice is a bad person and I should step up my game and make sure she's actually dealt with, quote unquote, properly. And... That also shows, also simultaneously showing that Alice has valid points a la Magneto and is like, therefore, someone we should sympathize with because this should be a morally complex situation. And that would be true if any of the characters in the show recognized it was a morally complex situation. The problem is, everyone in the show is like, no, this is a black and white situation. Alice is bad, Batwoman is good. <clears throat> and so. The whole the whole episode comes across as all the characters being a bit privileged. It's like, you know, yes, my mother did horrible things, but I'm in pain now. And I should be clear, I actually do like Mary. I still like Mary. I, I did feel for her in this episode. I thought she was one of the most exciting, interesting parts about this episode, to be clear. But she still kind of comes across a little like, but my pain. And it's like. Your mom just confessed to all the horrible things she did to all sorts of people, and your first response is, but I'm sad that you're dying. You know? It it just totally comes off wrong.
0: That's because they established in the first episode that Alice is bad, because she was going to detonate a bomb in the park with a bunch of innocent people. So that wasn't her targeting the crows, it wasn't her targeting bad people, it was innocent people. So therefore, that first episode, regardless of anything Alice does, she's bad. Right. And so that's our broad brush that we now get to ignore all of that and lean into all the privilege here to say that this is why it happens.
1: Right. But see, the thing is that this arc can be handled well. And I'm going back to Black Panther, but Killmonger is a great example. Killmonger is a character that going, no, oh, he has some really valid points. And then he takes that one step too far. Right? He, just, just, he just goes one step too far and then you go, okay, buddy, that, that's a bit much. Um, but the whole time you're going, I'm with you, just you shouldn't take that one last step. The problem is, Alice took that step, and now we're eight episodes later going, okay, but she actually had some good reasons to do that. It's like, no, but if you do it in that order, I'm now back on Alice's side, and I'm willing to forgive a few. Yeah, there's some collateral damage, but you're killing rich people. So, you're too bad about this. You know, that's, that's what the show is telling me. That the show has trained me to think. And then the show goes, "But well, you're wrong for thinking that, and, and smacks you down. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything's out of order. Like, if they had started with, um Alice was being manipulated by somebody else, and somebody else had gone too far. And then, you know, Alice is like fighting against that. And then slowly she comes to realize that she agrees with that extreme take and then goes to extreme take over several episodes. That would be a much better arc to handle that. And I would be much more synthetic like, to Kate's viewpoint if she can be redeemed. But the show, day one's like, nope, she can't be redeemed. And everyone's like, Nope, she can't be redeemed. And then Kate's like, But she can be. And everyone's like, nope, she can't be redeemed. Even Alice is going, Nope, I can't be redeemed. <laughs> And Kate's like, but maybe, and then finally she's like, well, I guess not. And it's like, but in the same episode where I'm like, I'm just going, well, maybe Alice can be redeemed, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to, to add in some, some points before we, before our, our one Twitter follower comments on it. But <laughs> I agree. Um, Alice, In a different, slightly different story, would be our hero, and these are the means she has to use because this is what she has. Right, but in this rendition, she's our villain because she. We need a bad guy for Kate to fight. But then it goes down to the initial argument, the old argument: Why doesn't Batman just kill Joker? Yeah, Mm -hmm. every he he doesn't has a moral code, doesn't want to break it, which we've seen him break before, but. He captures Joker, puts Joker in prison, and then the Joker comes back out, kills a bunch of people, gets beat up, put back in prison, and the psycho constantly redoes. And it comes down to the reason is that we need Batman to have a big villain. Yeah. The only reason doesn't kill him.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, to, to, to move on a little bit, um, another part of the episode pissed me off, but in a way that I believe was intended, and I, I, I choose to read as intended, is Tyler. Tyler being like, you're, you're in love with her, and she's like, you need to choose me or her, and it's written as in the kind of love triangle if you have to choose between me and the other person. But it does have the subtext and to a degree certain amount of text of you need to stop being bisexual. And the way it came across, I feel like that is kind of intentional. Um, in the sense of, because that is the, 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 the experience that happens to bisexual people. Um, it's like, I need you to, to 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 stamp down on your queerness because it's inconvenient to me. Uh, so while that was frustrating for me to watch, I feel like that was much more of an intentional frustration. I feel like that was something the writers and the actors brought to it. Um, so it's kind of frustrating. It kind of gets lost in this otherwise self-own of an episode. But it goes
0: back to one of our, Age-old things that we constantly say that resolve conflicts is if all these people could sit down together with proper counseling and they could work through all these things together and hopefully reach some sort of peaceful outcome at the end for all of them right. and happy. I there's just there's no chemistry between anyone in the show. I can't like yeah. I know that they're telling me there is a relationship and there's tension. I don't see
1: it between anybody like zero. I. Uh- There's one in the the next episode we're going to talk about, Uh, but it is also way too little, way too late. I see
0: more tension between
1: uh, Alice and Kate, which
0: then I would then go and make a joke about Barry and Iris. And then I will go back to question why the CW keeps making all these sibling
1: shows. I'm just saying, man, it's. I, I will say that um you're rightfully right that that Kate and Alice do have chemistry, and I do know that they genuinely became friends off screen. Um, and you can see that That's one of the few parts where it seems like Ruby Rose is really lighting up as an actor um, is when she's up against Kate. Uh, but again, like the the if they were leaning into the soap opera of she's my sister, but I can't, but I can't if, if they were really just a, a, a titch more melodramatic, I think it would be fine, right. If you go, maybe not full Twin Peaks, but certainly, you know, just that little more heightened experience of recognizing that this is an implausible set of human relationships and just go there. And then it's the, you know, I, I need to save my sister, but also my girlfriend is secretly dating this other guy who's my boss's colleague. You know, if they just played it up a bit more, I think it would have all been fine. Um, but again, there's, there's some structural weirdness and, and uh, uh, you have to really – just own that this is going to be a melodramatic structure.
0: So I think I figured out and we've probably been beating it on the head and everyone knows now, but for me, the largest problem is it doesn't go for anything. Yeah. It tries to walk this weird middle ground where we're open for all fans to come in and watch us without going strong into like our lesbian aspect of it, strong into our superhero aspect, strong into our melodrama. They're if we had a pool, like if we had a hundred points, they are operating within thirty points, and they took that thirty points and divided evenly between all of the things they're trying to do. At least right. seventy points of awesomeness that they could have dedicated to something, mm-hmm. and they refuse to do it at every turn. And I guess yep. that's why I'm hitting my head against the script because I, I want to love this show, I want to love this character, and I can't because they're not giving me anything to engage with, Jill. Was uh, So I was watching this um, Sunday morning while my kid was uh, gone and Jill was sitting in the other room doing some bills and she looked up and said, what are you watching? This is the worst writing I've ever heard. (laughs) And she's like, do you have to watch this for the show? Could you just tell Eddie you can't do it? So and Jill is like, was an actress in New York and all those other things. So she has, she has a very fine affinity for people in acting and her thoughts on scripts. And she's like, the the acting is bad. The writing is bad. Why are they forcing these people to say these horrible lines? Why are these people having to do this? And that is what someone that doesn't watch the show and that wasn't even in the room and tangentially heard some of it is
1: saying. Yeah. and I mean, it, like CW writing is kind of a known thing, right? Like, you know, you don't come to CW show for for fantastic, stellar writing. And when we started doing this, I came out with that mindset of like, okay, you know what? I'm not looking for Shakespeare here, um, although that's a bad analogy because Shakespeare was actually also a hack writer. And that's, I think it's a whole problem with how we glorify Shakespeare and how his relationship is with literature. But um, someone wrote all of his stuff. Shakespeare didn't do anything. Oh, don't even get me that bird. that road. <laughs> uh, but um, more to the point, it's like, as we've been watching this, I've seen glimmers of, of brilliance. And to be blunt, Black Lightning has ruined me because I was like, here's a genuinely fantastic show that uses that formula, but what happens if you bring actually good writing to the table? Uh, and so it's been harder to, go forward from that because it's like it, it, it sets such a high bar and sadly was at least from my perspective was unrecognized for it because I didn't even know this is this amazing gem of a show that I just kind of got lost in the shuffle of all the Arrowverse shows Um, but even like Legends like of Tomorrow we, we gave it some stick for bad writing for it too but at least it was like but well, we're just going to go for it we're just going to we're just going to do it and so good acting can elevate mediocre writing mm-hmm and Bits of this, again, I want to go back to Mary, that actress knew what show she was in. And it's like, you have to grieve for your dead mom. And so she was short of tearing her shirt off, like, oh my God, like the, the most melodramatic. And that's what she needed to do in that moment. And it was perfect. It was exactly what you needed to do in that moment. But the rest of the show is not up to that level. It's
0: because it doesn't know what it wants to be is right. now what I, I've come to accept in this as we're going through it, because it can't be gritty. How was because it Arrow already did Batman grit. So it can't do that. It can't go all super hot like what uh full four-blown colors how the Flash did because they don't have any one of those kind of superpowers. They can't do Supergirl. They can't be like hope that Supergirl is for her show and like their zaniness. So they're in this weird space where they have to try to be a gritty show that's not gritty. They can't be an action show because um no offense Ruby Rose, I don't think that she had the capability at the time to have done the amount of physical work it would have taken to have made it the action show like Daredevil, so they can't do that. Right? Um, She doesn't have the the acting chops of Melissa Benoist to sort of like bring that level of duality to the character. The supporting cast is not given great material to work from, so we don't know how much they could have been elevated like Diggle and Felicity Mm -hmm. and all those people. So it is like a hodgepodge of leftover material that decided not to bring its own A-game to its D-grade material. The Legends of Tomorrow had D-grade material, but they brought their A-game and pulled out yes. like a solid B-level show because they came every week with whatever they had. Don't care what you're
1: going to give us, writers. We're here to make it work. Right, exactly. Um, And I, I, I feel like this... Uh, n- even more than Supergirl, this is a show that's so overshadowed by Batman in the sense that even the production of it, it's like it'll sell because it's Batman or Batman Jason. And
0: so it's hard for me to really talk about the show how I normally do because I can't move past the mediocreness of it. And I can't find a gem even in the show to sort of clink onto to say, like, this was inspiring for me to watch it. I. Watched this show because I had to. This is the only show I've literally watched because I had to for this podcast. Even Jinlock, and we had many issues with Jinlock. I watched it because it was bad, but it gave us something to talk about and how television and things can change and be different. And I can't find that same sort of connection with this show.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the Ginlock was fun to be mad at. This is just frustrating to be mad at. Cause there was so much great
0: material that could have been something. Right. And it's all in a squandered.
1: I want to move on to the next episode because uh, I have another rant I want to get into. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to have a rant about this? Oh yeah. I think you are, but I think we have different rants about this actually. <laughs> Zero
0: season one, episode 20. Oh, mouse, Jacob and Kate confront Arkham escapee, Tim, the Titan, Bellslow, only to be defeated. Mouse shows Alice a mobile app developed for people to send alerts to the crows. After learning that Kryptonite can pierce the Batsuit, Luke shows Kate a shard of Kryptonite that Bruce had intending on, intent on destroying it before it falls into the wrong hands. Batwoman meets with Tim's brother to warn him, but Titan attacks and injures him. Mary lights the bat signal signal to get Jacob's attention and convince him to call a truce with Batwoman to stop Titan. Alice kills Mouse when he decides to leave town. Batwoman and the crows lure Titan to Gotham Stadium. But just as she persuades him to stand down, the crows kill Tim and Jacob reneges on the truce, forcing Batwoman to flee under heavy fire from the crows. At the crows' headquarters, Jacob reaffirms his desire to take down Batwoman. Kate shows Luke and Mary, the kryptonite, in her possession, entrusted to her by Supergirl. Alice finds Elliot, a.k.a. Hush, a new face. Bruce Wayne,
1: Wayne, Wayne. And surprisingly, my rant is not, this is the worst interpretation of the Hush plotline that's ever been conceived. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do your rant first, or shall I do mine? No, no, I need I need a minute, because okay. I, I need to like bring it down. I feel like both of these are going to be about uh, the Titan, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, mine is we need to talk about Chris Benoit. Uh, those of you who don't know, Chris Benoit was a professional wrestler who uh, brutally murdered his family uh, before taking his own life in the early 2000s. It has since come out the reason why he did this is because of serious uh, concussions. His Brain was actually deformed because his move was a flying headbutt off the top ropes and years of doing that ultimately damaged his brain to the point where he became a different person. And so seeing a superhero show tackling this actual serious problem of what concussion trauma can do to a person, the personality, particularly in the context of professional football was amazing. And they did it in the absolute worst possible way. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the, yes, this is a traumatic, horrifying experience. So let's make him a seriopathic murder machine. I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. don't do that. Oh, I guess to add
0: on to that, the fact that they made it a black guy that they then had jacked up on steroids Mm -hmm. to be nearly invulnerable to pain roaming around the city with a slow Jason-esque limp and two machetes cutting mm-hmm. off people's heads. To that, oh, oh, the sheer number of stereotypes that are all compiled into this one character and his brother and situation are unbelievably insulting and racist. Like yeah. the sheer level and magnitude of it almost had me dm eddie and say we're not doing this
1: show i i i almost was like this this is, this is a bit much um but uh the reason why i wanted to go ahead is because the fact that it, to me this is all the problems in this show wrapped up in one episode in the sense that they were willing to engage with interesting and controversial material that would have played well in 2019 2020 uh but just didn't do the homework, just didn't do the due diligence to do it right, to do it well, to do it in a compelling and interesting way that superhero shows this time should be able to do. This is not 1990. This is not even the early 2000s. We have decades of doing live action superhero shows at this point in time. There's at this point, you know, (coughs) doing math, 11 years of Marvel movies. Uh, There's more years of, of DC movies. These mistakes should not be happening. Uh, and it, it just points to, uh, at this point, I mean, regardless of what's going on in the scenes, clearly something was wrong. Clearly something's happening in the production team. I, I don't want to say the production team didn't care. I think they were too distracted and too trying to work in a potentially very toxic or at least extremely difficult environment just to get a show made. So I think mistakes were made on that front. I'm going to give them a lot of benefit of the doubt on that front, but if I had been watching the show week to week and this episode, I would stop watching at this point because this is just too far. So
0: unlike Eddie, I will not give them the benefit of the doubt because I am a black person that has grown up in America and I don't get the benefit of the doubt. That's fair. So I'm going to say that I'm assuming this likely mostly white room of probably mostly cis people wanted to get the juice from touching on we'll say controversial things without doing any of the work because they know that people would get clicks and engagement for it. And it's just not this show and how they have horribly depicted black people and people that have suffered injuries and everything else. I will go so far as to say even American gods that went to have a scene about lynching in American gods. They did nothing with in the power and imagery of that coupled with even like fuck Bioshock did the same thing for like their Mm. third game. And it's a bunch of bullshit that people don't do any work for that. They want to get recognition for that. A lot of, I'm going to call you fucking drones will give them attention and accolades for even doing like vaguely referencing it or touching on it. This show throughout its entire run, in my opinion, did none of the homework for any of the topics or issues they wanted to discuss. And Mate. as someone who is not a lesbian, I cannot speak to that. As someone that is not Jewish, I cannot speak to that in with any authenticity. I can only tell you from my perception of it, there should have been more about the actual depth of the relationships that have gone on there in all aspects. And I even think in the show they made an offhanded reference to like a bar bat for for Batwoman at one point in time. So, they wanted to touch on the Jewishness, but they didn't want to go into it. If you're basing your entire show on these things, you delve into it. You give us the good, the bad, but you teach us about it and go into the history of it. Miss Marvel, whether you like the TV show or not from Miss Marvel, they went into the culture. They took you back to the past. You could see it, you could engage with it. And they did it in a way that you could kind of learn something about it because that's replacing this concept of the other so that you can see someone in a new light and engage with them. And this show did none of it. They gave you the illusion that they would, and then they did the exact opposite because they just wanted credit.
1: And even more frustrating to go back to the queer part. um, Yes, Batwoman is is a queer lead and that's noteworthy, but in terms of just being a queer character, it's even more frustrating that they didn't get that part right in a world where Laura Lance exists, right? Right. White Canary is far and away a better queer superhero character. Um, Legends of Tomorrow, by not trying to be a representative of a show, hits that better. And that's what's extremely frustrating. You're right. It's, it's that they wanted to be, we, we, got, we got this award, we want to show how cool and representative we are. And it's like, but you're not, if you're, if you're, and that's great, but you got to do the homework. Um, again, in a world where Black Lightning exists, you, you can't get away with just a C grade. Um, because they did their homework, and again, it's because of that writers' room. I, I absolutely believe that's because of it. But they did their homework. They did the groundwork. They made sure that you were invested in that experience. And this show, again, this this concept isn't bad. Like the, the whole setup. If it's you know this, this guy who was a black football player got horribly mangled and now his 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 brain his chemistry has changed and he acts a different way. If the show had said, "Cool," and he's the victim could have gotten a much better show out, episode out of this. It's the, yes, we have to, to stop him because he's hurting people. But then we go on to say, and the people who did this to him, we're now going to go after. They've taken that next step. Been, it, it wouldn't have been great, but it would have been better. Um, but, it, but it really, everything about bottom is like, nope, he's the bad guy of the week. And just does not engage with the premise at all. And then in the – but in the middle of this, in the middle of all of this, we have Kate's ex-girlfriend is now dating a woman. And they have way more chemistry than anybody else did. And it's just like, wait, what? This is the only part of this that's actually interesting to me and I want to get back to that? And it's like, no, no I'm just going to move on. And I'm like, Ugh. If uh. memory
0: serves, Sophie, Kate's ex-girlfriend, is dating Kate's other ex-girlfriend who is Alfred's daughter. I think.
1: That's just hilarious. That's but why they seem, she's British. They seem like a cute couple. They seem nice together. And I'm like, yeah, I want those two to be happy. The five seconds I saw them on screen. <laughs> yeah. But again, it goes back to they weren't trying at that moment. They weren't trying that hard. And so it comes across better. Um, You either – so if you're going to do it, you either got to try your hardest. Like you said, marginalized people always get scrutinized. So you got to be better than best. Or – just make it effortless. Just just say, it's just a thing, and we're not going to explain it. We're not going to address it. We're just going to move on with it. And you get the best Jack Harkness ever, you know? I mean, it, it, there, there are ways you can do these things. Um, but, man, this is frustrating. And, and again, it's like, I, we're, we're, I'm not, I we keep saying it. They're not saying it's a bad show. It's a frustrating show. Because you look at this, and it's just like, no, who does that? Who does that now?
0: So- I didn't say that was a bad show up, up until now. Now I will say with this episode, this is a bad show. I'm sorry. Like the representation of black people and what you did and that made this entire show bad for me as a viewer. Because if I look around for other other black characters in your show, I I feel like I'm coming up lacking. And the one that you give me that's a constant sort of like the butt of your joke. And then you come here to have me watch a, a black man that's suffering gunned down by equivalent of the police. Mm-hmm. And after he viciously injures his own brother. And the only reason that you gave him humanity is because a white woman, a la Sandra Bullock and the Blind Spot, has convinced him to become a person again. Not his brother couldn't talk to him, but the white woman convinced him. So then he could get killed by the police.
1: I didn't even connect that, but when you remember that, I just realized, oh, yeah, the the out-of-control black man was gunned down by uh, the rich people with guns.
0: And how they countered it before anyone says anything is they put in one black guy that was there. Yeah. Because when they're doing their view of the camera of all the operatives, you see that one black guy. So you can't say all white people shot him.
1: Right, but still. Uh, So... should we have, and, and and again, like it, it would have, on one level, maybe we should skip this, right, but this episode also has the strongest Arrowverse tie. It's like you know, I met Supergirl and she gave me this kryptonite, and there's this whole subplot about you know uh uh the kryptonite and how it could pierce the bat suit, which is again ridiculous, and now she actually has a, another piece of of kryptonite um and. He, the whole subplot of him trying to destroy it and it's like and that was where it's like going I've destroyed it I've turned it to power and I'm like great so now if Superman or Supergirl hails this they're gonna die from the inside what, what do you what do you actually accomplished here because you he didn't destroy it he just made it very very small that's, that's how, not how crystals work my friend um, and it's like I wanted to live in the ludicrousness this is what I want out of the Arrowverse but the A plot I mean we talked about the airplane lines. So I'm not going to go into that more. But, again, it shows the problem with the show is that it doesn't know what it wants to be. It, and it can't be both lighthearted, fun Arrowverse crossovers and hard-hitting. No, no, I take it back. It can be. It can be. Black Lightning can do it. hmm it, it can be both. It's not doing either very well. And at this point, I think it's arguable to say, well, not arguably, we both agree, it's offensively bad at it. And that would be season one. I can't speak to
0: season two or three. I think they may have got four because even though it was a different lead, it was even a lead of color. They also kept a lead. I believe she was also LGBTQI. If I'm not mistaken, I can't speak to it with certainty because this turned me off on the entire premise of watching
1: it or even dealing with the show. Right. Like like I said, I believe, again, I'm not watching either, but I've heard from reviews is that season two is basically a soft reboot and he, I, I again it's it's controversial there's a lot of stuff going on here but there is a read that says that ruby rose got fired when a lot, a lot of the problems are the writers room's fault she was she was another queer woman sacrificed to to, to placate a bunch of white guys you know i mean you could make that read and and again, it's a lot of stuff going on here, so it, it all these things can be true. um but it's it's just frustrating it's it's just frustrating because it shouldn't we shouldn't be here frankly we I, we should not be sitting doing this show if we have reached our new gen lock of this season, it's like it's the the show we kind of wish we hadn't watched. but I think it's important to have watched it because as frustrating as this was. As, 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 much as we've talked about it and we talked an hour and a half about a show, I did not think we we're going to get 20 minutes out of. Um, the one thing I will say is that it has helped me appreciate shows like Supergirl better. helped definitely appreciate Black Lightning better. Again, it's ruined me. I even go like, it's like, remember when I was kind of complaining about Legends of Tomorrow, I'm gonna go back and watch season one of Legends of Tomorrow again, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's the here, but. By comparing other shows to it, they all shine a little brighter, and I think that that's uh, to to a benefit. I, I I don't like this exists. I don't like this episode occurred, but at least we can look at that and go, okay. I, I've gotten a better appreciation for the other shows we've watched, and I, and the stuff that we grumbled about don't feel as bad now.
0: The reason that I decided not to veto this is because I want to take a minute to talk about in in some aspects, Black Lightning. But if you're writing a show that features primarily marginalized people and your writer's room like your casting and everything is not composed of marginalized people it will frequently end in debacles like this where you're trying to say that you're doing and supporting marginalized people, getting them out in front of things, and then you're putting them out in a way that's bad, which then makes it looks like a marginalized person can't lead a movie franchise, can't be the lead of a TV show because Mm -hmm. the material they're forced to work with is horrible. And you're propping up your entire thing on their marginalization, which then defeats the entire purpose of that pursuit. It should be, you're putting out great material that has marginalized people in it and the material itself should be able to stand alone and the marginalized person is there to elevate it. So both parts work in union to create something fabulous that then goes and enforces that we as a society need to move past the racism, the bigotry, the hate of like people based on their sex or anything else. And that only it's gonna work if everything is at a game level. You can't create shit and then try to put someone in it that you think will draw another crowd so that it's going to be okay. It is not. And I constantly see it, and I'm constantly fucking frustrated by it, and I want fucking better.
1: Uh, And to end this on a slightly later note, uh, on top of all of this, the football team is the Gotham Knights, not not the Gotham Goliaths. It's the wrong team. (laughs)
0: if you really want to, want to end it like that, they do face swapping. Face swapping. We've seen now the entire thing. Alice replaces her one face swapping sidekick with a new face swapping sidekick.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's that too. And we'll go back to also... It's, it's secretly Bruce Wayne. And it's like, uh Again, the show... Even at this moment, the show still can't escape Batman. It, it just... It, it just... in. in Supergirl eventually escapes his gravity. Batwoman, at least at this stage... It's not only incapable, but it actually gets goes backwards. Um, The only way to make this, they believe this show can go on, is to have Bruce Wayne actually show up again as a villain, and it's just like, all uh, right, Eddie, I'm done. What do we do next week? So next week, um, we're gonna watch a better show. Uh, We're going to watch Superman and Lois. Um, uh, I'm gonna say off the bat that uh, I had not watched any of this show. Uh, beforehand, So I picked and episodes, but I have already watched the pilot and I love the show. So I'm going to tip my I hand early on this. Yet. I love the show, Chris. The show is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's certainly better than that woman. Uh, so we're going to watch uh, season one, which is the pilot. Of course. Uh, then we're going to watch season or episodes. Uh, season one, episodes 10 and 11, uh, 10 is uh, mother. Where art thou? Uh, and 11 is a brief reminiscence in between cataclysmic events uh and in the u.s you can of course get the hbo max in the uk for some reason bbc iplayer (laughs) if people are looking to find you online to talk about how much
0: you love the batwoman show and (laughs) how they feel bad that you had to deal with chris rant about how bad it was where can they find you
1: nowhere because none of that is true uh if, however, you want to talk to me about why Laurel Lance is, in fact, the best uh, queer superhero character, um, you can find me uh, at Pugstady. It's P-U-G-S-T-A-D-Y. That is me on my website. There's also me on Twitter and at Ace Cam. You can also find me on the Darker Hue Discord. Posting stuff. I don't know what I post about anymore on Darker Hue Discord these days. I post. I post so much stuff. I kind of just becomes background noise to me
0: uh if you're looking for me you can still find me on twitter for the time being i've heard they're doing more shenanigans so who who the fuck knows, the at who darker knows. Discord, uh and I, I usually curse a little bit on the podcast but this podcast especially has me cursing so you know what fuckity fuck 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 fuckety fuck fuck fuck. um you can find me uh dice camp at dhs you can find the darker who discord now posting memes from deep space nine because i i was in deep space nine watching mood ah oh otherwise we'll we'll catch you next time
1: yeah, catch you later